Welcome to the Tech Antitrust Podcast, where our experts from different jurisdictions will discuss recent antitrust developments and trends faced by businesses in APAC. Hi, I'm Rob Tang, a counsel in the dispute resolution team at Clifford Chance based in Sydney. I specialize in complex commercial disputes, including in the tech sector. I'm also joined today by my colleague, Ryan Draper. Welcome everyone. I'm Ryan Draper, a senior associate in the antitrust department of Clifford Chance in Sydney. In this episode, Ryan and I will discuss trends that we're seeing in Australia in relation to the tech sector. Previously, our colleagues have looked at antitrust developments in China and Japan. So without further ado, Ryan, what are some of the things that you're seeing from the Australian regulators? Thanks, Rob. Uh, Australian regulators have been in overdrive in the past few years, targeting digital tech platforms. This has reflected an increased regulatory litigation, which Rob, hopefully you can cover later on, and also compliance and enforcement policy and investigations and inquiries with respect to digital tech platforms. While a number of Australian regulators are increasing their focus on digital tech platforms, the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, the antitrust regulator, is arguably leading the regulatory movement. I mean, the ACCC have certainly shifted their attention to digital tech platforms and have even commenced a number of consumer-focused actions against those platforms. So what's been driving these actions, in your opinion, Ryan? That's right. Uh, the ACCC have commenced a litany of consumer-faced proceedings against big tech a lot of which is off the back of the HPLC's Digital Platform Inquiry, also known as the DPI, the final report which was published in July 2019 and its current Digital Services Platform Inquiry. The current Digital Services Platform Inquiry is focused on assessing the competition in markets for the supply of digital platform services, particularly focusing on the concentrations of power, mergers and acquisitions, and the barriers to entry or expansion within these markets. The purpose of the inquiry is to allow the ACCC to provide a final report to the Australian government containing a number of recommendations for how the government may identify and address competition and consumer issues within the digital platform services markets. As part of this inquiry, the ACCC must release interim reports on a biannual basis between the commencement date in 2020 and 2025. To so far, the ACCC have released three interim reports covering online private messaging, services, smartphone app marketplaces, and choice screens. The next ACCC interim report due in September 2022 will likely draw the most attention because it will address whether the ACCC believe the current competition and consumer protection laws are sufficient to address the issues previously identified in the DPI and interim reports. Are there any indications as to what the ACCC might find in the upcoming September interim report? Well, Rod Sims, the former chairman of the ACCC, recently commented that the ACCC is increasingly concerned about its ability to successfully utilise enforcement actions to adequately address systemic competition concerns in digital platform markets. In parallel with those comments, the ACCC issued a discussion paper seeking industry feedback as to whether Australia's current competition regime adequately regulates the competition risks associated with digital platforms. The discussion paper suggests that additional ex-ante laws may be the best way of addressing these issues. 
Mr Sims's comments also provide insight as to why the ACCC has failed to commence any significant antitrust litigation, such as matters alleging unilateral abuse of dominance, which in Australia is known as misuse of market power, against any of the major digital tech platforms. And did the ACCC elaborate as to the types of conduct they're hoping to prevent through the introduction of these ex-ante competition laws? Well, yes, the ACCC appears to be leveraging developments from around the globe, particularly the United Kingdom and the European Union, um, which suggests that additional regulations around self-preferencing conduct by the large incumbent digital platforms, who obviously possess substantial market power, coupled with ensuring a fair, reasonable and non-discriminatory type right, allowing both competitors and consumers better access to data through increased data interoperability, and consumer data access rights could significantly assist in creating more competition in the digital platform markets. It sounds like there could be some interesting findings from the upcoming September interim report. The digital services platform inquiry is also quite broad in its scope, and I think it could cover almost every aspect of business conducted by large digital tech platforms. Are there any specific areas, markets, or platforms that the ACCC seem to be particularly interested in? Well, as the ACCC have already published those three interim reports, some of the topics and areas already canvassed uh, have received particular attention by the ACCC, and it seems that there may be potential for impending regulatory action. This ranges from uh, the introduction of new legislation, introduction of codes of practice, rulemaking powers for regulators, and the introduction of pro-competition or pro-consumer measures after finding competitive or consumer harm, um, and also a third-party access regime. When the ACCC issued its report in respect of smartphone app marketplaces, the obvious focus of the report was both Apple for iOS devices and Google for Android devices. At the time of publishing the report, Mr Sims stated that the ACCC have identified a number of areas where action is required and have put forward potential measures to address areas of particular concern. There is a window of opportunity for both Apple and Google themselves to take steps to improve outcomes for app developers and consumers by adopting the potential measures we have identified. The ACCC will revisit the issues raised in this report during the course of the five-year digital platform services inquiry and will take into account steps taken by Apple and Google to address the concerns identified. Some of the issues on which the ACCC is seeking feedback include increasing data access, limiting data use, protecting consumers from so-called dark patterns, such as obstruction or friction, sneaking, nagging, and misdirection, and harmful content, preventing anti-competitive products, by way of example, through prohibiting anti-competitive self-preferencing and through enhancing interoperability of services and the review of the news media bargaining code. It seems both Apple and Google have received a shot across the bow in respect of their conduct in the smartphone app marketplaces. This would not be the first time that those companies are on the end of antitrust litigation in those markets. Both companies also face similar private antitrust actions in Australia and in a number of other jurisdictions around the globe from Epic Games, the app developer most famous for their app Fortnite. While these cases are significant, there are also a number of other regulatory proceedings in this space that may prove to be seminal.
Would you mind elaborating on the areas of priority by the ACCC when it comes to compliance and enforcement, Rob? Sure thing, Ryan. So the ACCC's compliance and enforcement priorities for 2022-23 were announced by Mr Sims in his annual address to the Committee for Economic Development Australia in March this year. And they provide a really helpful framework to understand the general trend of the, of the latest cases. Relevantly, the ACCC's priorities in the coming year include consumer and fair trading issues relating to manipulative or deceptive advertising and marketing practices in the digital economy, exclusive arrangements by firms with market power that impact competition, and promoting competition and investigating allegations of anti-competitive conduct in the financial services sector, with a sharpened focus on payment services. Shortly after announcing the 2022 and 23 compliance and enforcement priorities, the ACCC kicked into gear and launched what Mr Sims described as being a, quote, world-first action. Can you tell us more about that, Rob? Well, of course I can. Thanks, Ryan. On the 18th of March 2022, the ACCC commenced proceedings in the Federal Court of Australia against Meta, alleging that Meta engaged in false, misleading or deceptive conduct by publishing scam crypto ads, which featured prominent Australian figures. It's alleged that when Facebook users clicked on those ads, they were taken to a fake media article which falsely quoted the prominent Australian figures, falsely endorsed the cryptocurrency or money-making scheme. The users, the users were then allegedly invited to sign up, which then led to scammers contacting those users and using high-pressure tactics to convince those users to invest in the scheme. If the ACCC is successful in this litigation, this case would have a significant implication for digital platforms if they can be held legally responsible for damages arising from scans being conducted on their sites. Mr Sims said, and I quote, Meta should have been doing more to detect and then remove false or misleading ads on Facebook and prevent consumers from falling victim to ruthless scammers, end quote. Thanks, Rob. As we can see, the ACCC is sending a strong signal to digital platforms to essentially do better. Rob, are there any other cases commenced by the ACCC in respect of misleading or deceptive practices in the digital economy? Yes, there are. There was the recent decision of ACCC versus Google LLC number two, which is also known as the Google Location Data Case, because it dealt with consumer privacy and issues surrounding consumers' consent to have Google track and use their location data. I recall this was the ACCC's first result against a digital platform since it's published its first report on the digital platforms inquiry back in July 2019. It is also the ACCC's second case in which it has established platforms engaging in misleading and deceptive conduct in respect of their use of consumer data. That's right, Ryan. This case was commenced by the, by the ACCC, who alleged that Google misled consumers about the collection and use of location data in respect of two Android phone settings. The first being the web and app activity setting, and the second being the location history setting. And so when you set up a new device, the, the default setting for location history was off and for web, act, for web app activity was on. And if either or both of these settings was switched to on, Google could collect and store data about that user's location. The court found the ACCC was partially successful in its allegations against Google. And the significance of this decision is threefold. 
First, it reflects the ACCC's increased focus on the privacy of consumers' data and the importance of businesses considering their terms and conditions around the gathering and use of consumer data and whether that information on how consumer data is collected and used is being presented in a clear and understandable way to consumers. Secondly, this decision shows that not all members of a class of consumers have to be misled for conduct to be misleading or deceptive. In other words, it is sufficient if some are likely to be misled. And thirdly, from an evidentiary perspective, it shows the court's growing acceptance of expert evidence in the field of behavioural economics for findings about how consumers understand and react to information in a digital environment, including the recognition that consumers are time poor and may be unlikely to engage with information presented in a way which requires a lot of click-throughs or links. The Google location data case follows other enforcement action against Google for allegedly misleading consumers about the expanded use of their personal data um, for matters such as targeted advertising. This matter being known as the Google double click case, which was aptly named after the advertisement company that was acquired and rolled into Google advertising in 2008 and proceedings against Facebook for misleading and deceptive conduct when promoting Facebook's Anavo Protect mobile VPN app to Australian consumers. As mentioned, this proceeding against Google follows the ACCC's proceedings against online health booking platform, Health Engine Proprietary Limited. The first time the ACCC succeeded in proceedings for misleading and deceptive conduct in respect of inadequate disclosures to patients about the disclosure of their non-clinical information to third-party insurance brokers and how the publishing of patient reviews and ratings occurred. Health Engine were ordered to pay around $2.9 million in penalties for the contraventions of the ACL. That's a really good point, Ryan, and thanks for highlighting that for our listeners. And what these cases demonstrate is the ACCC's continuing commitment to follow through on its compliance and enforcement priorities. Businesses should expect this trend to continue and expand as the ACCC increasingly focuses on issues arising from e-commerce and other aspects of the digital economy and particularly so where consumer reliance on these digital platforms have increased as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. That's a good point, Rob. Um, are you able to expand on what is happening currently in the ACCC and Facebook case? Of course. So just for the benefit of our listeners who aren't aware about the facts, on 16th of December 2020, the ACCC commenced proceedings against Facebook, alleging that they have made false misleading or deceptive representations that Anava Protect would keep users' personal activity data private, protected and secret, and that such data would not be used for any purpose other than to provide the Anava Protect services. Now, Anava Protect is a free downloadable software app which provides VPN and data management services. The ACCC alleges that a key purpose and use of Anavo Protect, which uses Facebook servers, was for Facebook and Anavo to collect significant personal activity data, including users' internet and app activity, for Facebook and Anavo to use for their commercial benefit. The alleged harm, according to the ACCC, is that tens of thousands of Australian consumers have been deprived of the opportunity to make an informed choice about the collection and use of their personal activity data. The parties are still in the process of finalising their evidence on this case at the moment. Thanks for that update, Rob. What I find interesting is how these cases expose a critical issue which companies are grappling with. 
What lengths must a company go to, to in order to keep their customers adequately informed? It seems that the failure to be abundantly clear with how they treat consumers' data may result in legal proceedings, penalties, and costly compliance programs. Of particular note is another decision in the HLC versus Sony Interactive Entertainment Network Europe Limited. Are you able to expand further on that, Rob? Of course, Ryan, and that's a fair observation by you as well in the point they just made. So in the HLC versus Sony case, together with a number of other recent cases, in my view, they should put retailers, manufacturers and service providers on notice to ensure that their marketing content and their procedures for dealing with product defects do not contravene the Australian consumer law. And so for some background, the case ACCC versus Sony concerned proceedings in which the ACCC commenced in July 2019 against Sony Interactive Entertainment Network for making false or misleading representations to Australian consumers on its website and in dealing with Australian consumers of its PlayStation online store about their consumer guarantees. The ACCC claimed that PlayStation Support Centre's staff informed Australian consumers that Sony Europe was not required to provide refunds for 40 games if the games have been digitally downloaded or if 14 days had passed since their purchase. In the case, Sony Europe admitted to breaching the ACL and was ordered to pay a $3.5 million penalty together with a payment towards the ACCC's legal costs and to publish an Australian consumer rights notice on the website. It seems that the HPC in Sydney isn't the first case where the HPC has taken towards gaming platforms or similar retailers. In fact, it sounds incredibly similar to the case that the HPC brought against overseas-based companies, uh, Valve Corporation, the operator of the online game platform Steam. The Valve decision confirmed that when an overseas-based company is selling products to Australian consumers, whether offline or online, they are still subject to Australian consumer laws and will need to stay up to date with consumer rights under the ACL. I think that's a really important point to emphasise, Ryan. Businesses who are selling their products online need to be particularly careful when dealing with the issue of online contracts or so-called internet contracts. And so here, I think it's relevant to examine how the court scrutinised the enforceability of internet contracts in dialogue consulting versus Instagram. These proceedings dealt with the allegations by Dialogue that Instagram breached its terms of use by excluding Dialogue from access to its platform and that Instagram engaged in misleading or deceptive conduct in contravention of the Australian Consumer Law. Instagram sought a stay of proceedings under the Australian International Arbitration Act on the basis that a version of the terms of use provided for disputes to be submitted to arbitration in California. The court found that Instagram's terms of use, which were accessible via a hyperlink from the signing page to Instagram and the arbitration clause contained within, did form a valid and enforceable agreement. However, even though the court found that the arbitration clause was a valid part of the agreement between Dialogue and Instagram, it ultimately found that Instagram had deliberately or intentionally waived its arbitration right and would therefore have to conduct the proceedings in Australia. This is a timely reminder for international businesses who seek to rely on arbitration clauses to be as specific as possible in correspondence in respect of what rights are being reserved and to mitigate the risk of waiver by avoiding steps in litigation which could be said to be waiving those rights. That is a good reminder. 
especially as tech giants and other multinationals frequently employ both choice of law and choice of forum clauses seeking to avoid Australian legislation and Australian courts. That is particularly so following Epic Games and Apple and Epic Games and Google cases in which the Federal Court of Australia found that Australian competition lawyers could not be avoided by choice of law clauses and that there were strong reasons for both proceedings to remain in the Federal Court of Australia despite choice of forum clauses. That's a great point, Ryan. I mean, for my part, I think it'll be great to hear from our listeners what your thoughts are on some of the recent trends that you are seeing in terms of antitrust issues and the tech sector. So please do reach out to Ryan and I, and we can keep this discussion going. We look forward to talking to you again another time. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. You have been listening to the Clever Chance podcast. Please subscribe and listen to our podcasts on the Clever Chance website, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. The content of this podcast does not constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. Specific legal advice about your specific circumstances should always be sought separately before taking any action. Thank you.